Kia ora rā tata katoa, ko renei pakutu ku ingoa, he uri nō ngā tika unganu, ngā tiparau, ngā tamania poto, taranaki hoki. Hi! And we're back! <laughs> um, to be honest, I still haven't really, like, worked out an intro thing. Um, last episode, it was something like yarn-obsessed parkit or something like that, and it just felt really presumptuous <laughs> and so I don't I don't really know if we're gonna roll with that like I, I'm not sure but I know that I think the more we get into this I'll figure something out um or or I won't and I'll just do this every time <laughs> um it is very cold and wet here today but I, I left my heater on because it's too cold. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry if you can hear the heater in the background. And we have like rain on and off forecasted. So if that happens, it happens. Um, I can't really control Tafiti. He's his own. He's on his own buzz today. So hi. Um. I had an episode lined up, right? It was all pre-recorded. Um, and after the first episode dropped, I went back and re-listened to it. And I was just like, oh, well, that's a steaming pile of shit. Um, so I deleted it and we are trying again. Um, I have gone completely off script. Um... And, and we're just, we're just going to see what works. So, here we are. What I have learnt from the first episode, um, you know, after uploading and everything, that was a nightmare. Um, but also, the Spotify playlist thing, um, I'm probably going to readjust that. I might actually just put a Spotify uh, playlist up um, rather than adding it on to the end because trying to have two separate episodes, one with the Spotify thing and one without, is a nightmare because Spotify then uploads both episodes. Um, so we just, yeah, it's a pain. It's a pain, but we yeah we're just gonna roll with it um so over the next few days um hopefully before this one gets uploaded i will make a playlist and have that up there again it's going to be full of uh maori artists maori and new zealand artists um it's going to be a mix of real maori songs and english songs and they're just like they're jams and New Zealand radio sucks. Basically, if the Kiwi music isn't LAB or 660, like, they don't really touch it, or Lord, you know, they don't touch it. So, we have so many amazing musicians here um, that if, if I can help in any way, then I will. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, you know, the songs that me and my kids jam out to in the car and, and at home when we're cleaning and things like that, so... Yeah, 
Um, what else did I learn from uploading the last one? Podcasting is a lot harder than you think. <laughs> yeah, like it's... I like to think that I can talk to basically anyone, but trying to talk to yourself um, is really strange. But I don't know. You're talking to yourself, but you're not. Like it's it's just this weird kind of grey area. Um, but, you know, like essentially we're just, telling a story right and having a chat about it so hopefully hopefully I'm not gonna seem like too much of too too fuddy-duddy while I go like just fumbling through this right um one of the other things that I realized I hadn't put in the last episode was actually where the name once with sharers came from um so if you didn't already know, I did a degree in Māori Laws and Philosophy down at Sabanango Raukawa. And Wana Jackson was one of my lecturers down there. And he, like, oh man, his lectures were insane. Like, he just had this way of commanding your attention without really doing anything. Like, it's, yeah. Um, there was one lecture where he just had us all wrapped around his finger by just drawing a line across the bottom of the whiteboard with a little box on the end. And um, if you find me on Instagram under Oahasia, um, I, I did up a cross-stitch after Masuamana died. Um with one of his quotes and that little line in that, in that box. I went into that in a bit of detail. So, yeah, that's there. But the name Once With Sharers um, is a play of one of his keynote speeches that he did. Um, probably one of his most well-known keynote speeches uh, called Once With Gardeners. Um, and within this keynote, it was... Like, you know, he just, he just really had a way with words, but one of the really memorable parts in it is um, how he was talking about how we're not what, we never used to be what we are now, right? Um, Post-colonisation, you know, we had all of these things just taken away from us, and it was a reminder about, you know, pre-contact you know once we're gardeners once we're poets once we're musicians and because of my family's background in this industry I thought once we're sharers so that's kind of where the name came from um but Māori were also entrepreneurs right like and and we would we would trade with other people and and it's not even just other hapu around New Zealand, like, we would go across oceans and trade. Like, how that's how Kumara came here. Because 
that originated in South America. And it came here somehow, you know. Um, so I think that seeing lots of Māori startups coming up is has been really exciting um, in that aspect. And I think there's been a real focus on, and like we know this, there's been a real focus on sustainability and traceability and things like that. And, and it kind of makes me think about how can we put those which like our traditional kind of Māori values as well into a business like a wool mill. And I'm going to take you through a journey of my overactive imagination. So like get a snack and a drink because this is going to be wild. <laughs> like this is absolute blue sky thinking, right? <laughs> Because I think that if, if we don't have blue sky thinking, you're not aiming for the top, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, in my mind, what I would love for this this mill to be is um, not only just, you know, mildly owned, like, I mean, regardless of even if it was me doing it, just having a Māori-owned mill would be, you know, and I've been saying this, you know, amongst friends for years, like, this is something that should be happening in New Zealand. But also, how can we, yeah, you know, implement those values of um, kaisiakitanga and manakitanga and ahurutanga, you know, all of these you know, we talk about it at Okawa, the Ten Tungas, um, into a business like this. And to be honest, I think that has been kind of the biggest question that's been playing on my mind because, you know, you think of a company and it's, you know, and this is just any company, this could be anything. You know, at the end of the day, the driver's for profit, but for a lot of Māori businesses, you know, they put kaupapa over putia. And I think as soon as you start putting profit before kaupapa, that's when you lose what you're about. Um, and, and that's not throwing shade at anyone. That's just my observations of seeing Māori businesses starting you know, as a co-papa driven business and then they start, you know, popping off and then all of a sudden it's it's just about putia. Um and and that's something that I just I don't really want to roll with, you know. Um so blue sky thinking, right? Blue sky thinking. How is this mill going to benefit Māori because while we're all here for the wool as, as knitters and crafters at the end of the day I can't say that this is a Māori owned business if it's not benefiting Māori 
Um, so, you know, I mean, there's been things that I've been thinking about is like the mill itself and the running of it, like the quite heavy usage of water, you know, and water is such a precious resource, especially here in Hawke's Bay. You know, I mean, once the summer starts, you know, where there's literal creeks and rivers run dry um, because all of that water gets pumped off out into agriculture, the wineries, you know, things like that. They're huge, heavy water users. So, you know, I was kind of thinking, like, what is a way that I can combat that? And I'm kind of thinking, like, is there a way that once the wool has been, you know, scoured, that that water can be filtered out and reused? Even if it's only reused once, right? Like, is there a way to clean that water up and then reuse it? Does anyone do this already? You know, or are we just churning out water for the sake of churning out water? Um, but then also with that comes, you know, the the grease that comes out of the wool, right? Like, is there a way that we can save that and extract the lanolin out of it? And then what can we use the lanolin for? Um... I think that those are really big questions that may need to be, have an answer engineered. <laughs> like, I don't think that I can just kind of draw up a giant filter and then have that as a thing. I think that's going to need some, like, actual engineering brain power behind it. <laughs> um Within, you know, trying to have, like, this sustainable, you know, environmentally conscious mill. When it, like, other than just water is, is the power. <laughs> like, the power to run this thing. Is it possible to, you know, find a building that already has solar panels? And then with those solar panels, you know, right? Because you can sell your power back to the grid. Like, we're, we're, in, we're in Hawke's Bay, you know, like, one of the sunniest places mm -hmm. in New Zealand. Like, why couldn't we sell power back to the grid, right? Um, and especially if that's going to benefit some of our whanau. Um, I don't know a lot about solar panels. Um, it is still something I'm kind of getting my head around, Um there is so much stuff I need to get my head around with this. Like, it's, yeah, it's a massive undertaking. And I think in the first instance, when this was, you know, kind of put forward, I knew it was going to be a big job, but actually thinking about things like water, power, noise outputs, um, you know, things like that, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of colours within this, this picture, right? 
So that's something that I'm really trying to get my head around. But I think the biggest thing for me is that making sure that this does benefit Māori. And if it means that by setting this up, there's employment opportunities, you know, for people within, you know, my hapu, to be able to work, you know, either as the person that drives out to the farms to go and get the wool or uh, the admin stuff, you know, or someone that's in here, like, running the mills, you know, like, making sure that it's all running smoothly, helping with pack-off and all of that, like, if I can put someone onto a onto a, a livable wage that's going to benefit them and their whanau, like, why the fuck not, right? Like I said, blue sky thinking, you know, like, this is a giant imagination run, but it's, it's something that needs to be done. Um... I still have to think about whether I can raise the funds to have something purpose built, which could, you know, include things like solar panels and a water recycle thing. <laughs> um but then, you know, land is an issue and land is really expensive. <laughs> um, and I have to think about, you know, even, like, it's, it's not like I can just park a mill up in my backyard, right? Because there's noise regulations and things like that. So, um, that and I, I rent. So I don't, I don't know if my landlord would be fucking cool with that. <laughs> But, um, you know, there's just a lot of things to think about and process. And I'm learning a lot already. Um, even going through uh, the mill equipment. So there is an outfit in uh, Italy that I am looking at getting the equipment from. I haven't got anything in stone with them yet. Uh, but their pricing is, their pricing is pretty good. Um, the equipment is, uh, intentionally designed and developed for small community mills, um, and like fiber research labs. Um, so, you know, they've got the whole shebang and they can ship it all off. Um, at the world's most ridiculous uh, shipping rate. So, um, but, you know, looking into that and kind of thinking, you know, is this, is this going to be doable? What kind of time frame am I looking at for getting the machinery 
shipped over from Italy. Like, how how long is that even going to take, for one? Um, and then getting it off the port and to wherever it needs to go here is this, like, so blue sky thinking again is what is the budget going to look like for this? Because, you know, like, it's it's not like I can just be like, oh, yeah, you know, just pull a figurative million dollars out of my ass. Um, because I, I, I don't have a million dollars. <laughs> what I do have is, you know, spreadsheets of really scary dollar amounts, but then... You know, there's all these other th other things that I haven't thought about is, um, you know, the leasing of a building or possibly the building of one that is fit to purpose. Um, and then there's probably going to be like council like fees and stuff because it's, you know, and agricultural like thing oh that word has just escaped my head um but yeah like I'm going to need to think about these kind of things um tax <laughs> uh yeah yeah I'm probably gonna have to pay some decent bloody tax but this is all, I think this is where I need to play with people that know how all of this stuff works. And I think that is where Te Hono is going to come back in, the group that I had dinner with, because these guys know their stuff. And, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm just the park kid from down the road. You know, I have the ideas, but I'm going to need some help, you know, figuring out what all of this means. So, abs absolute blue sky thinking is going to be, you know, this environmentally conscious mill with wool sourced from Māori owned farms um, and then I have to also think about what what does that look like you know when I say wool from Māori owned farms like I'm, I'm you know does that mean that each farm gets its own spin and then that's sold as that farm spin or do we just mix up all of the merino from, you know, different farms together to, you know, spin out some merino DK or what have you. Um, but then doing it like that kind of loses its traceability. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, there's going to be things around that that has to kind of be thought of um one of the other things is that how do I keep 
Kopapa over profit. Like at the end of the day, yeah, we've got, you know, a business to run and, you know, employees that have mouths to feed. Um, is there a way that we can keep contributing positively to Māori? You know, maybe not by ways of employment, but maybe, you know, offsetting some of the profit that comes in. So, you know, setting up a charitable trust and then, you know, what's that pūsia going to be used for? Um, is that going to be, you know, in terms of like scholarships or things like that? Am I going to have to, you know, dictate kind of the direction of maybe those scholarships you know so I think that while I feel like I already know some answers for these things there's also just a lot that hasn't been answered um and I don't know if I'm going to have you know that full picture answer for you know, it it could be a really long time. Um, and I also think about, like, while I'm doing all of this, you know, <laughs> I'm still going to, like, be a mum as well, you know, and, you know, a marae kid and a hapu member and a daughter and, you know, all of that, so... I've got to think about how am I going to balance the establishment of a mill with the running of my family and and my other mahi um, as a contractor. So I think I think I won't be sleeping much. <laughs> For maybe a really long time. <laughs> Just living off coffee and energy drinks for a while, I think. <laughs> oh, God, that realisation really hurts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, but these, you know, th this is... This is the deal that I walked into, right? This is what I agreed to. So, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but I just... What I really want to say is that I think... Blue sky thinking aside... I don't think that any of those goals are unachievable... I, I think that it is very possible to maybe not right at the start have a purpose built building, but maybe, you know, a few you know, a few years down the track, you know, acquire the land and and build from the ground up there. Maybe until then we just, you know, work in a lease building. I don't think employing members of my hapu to come in and 
you know, work at the mill in whatever capacity, admin or, you know, wool courier or what have you, um, is unachievable. Um, I don't think that finding a way to reuse water um, and extract lanolin is unachievable. You know, I, I don't think that within all these blue sky thinkings that these things are unachievable. I think that what I need to do is just bite off a piece at a time and kind of paint the picture slowly that way. But I think blue sky thinking definitely has its merit. And I think blue sky thinking is what's going to keep me going. Like I said earlier, I've made a whole new playlist. <laughs> um, so if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed this episode, go have a nosy on at the playlist. Um, and we'll talk next time. <laughs>